1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Morgan Man Supporters Podcast, wherever you may be getting your podcast from. Soundcloud.com, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now on YouTube.com. Guys, I do apologize for the podcast not being up on YouTube today. I am recording this on Monday, March 18th at 804, which was just yesterday. of the, of the upload of the podcast, but I'm recording this on Monday and, um, everything that's just been happening, you know, I'm just super exhausted from a, a very non-stressful weekend going back into a stressful environment at work, you know, and just, you know, just everything else like that. But I do, I want to say, I am very sorry for not having a video part of the today's podcast, but I should be back Friday with the visual part of my podcast. And in the meantime, guys, I do want to let you know that I might be taking a week off here very soon to work on a intro for this podcast for, you know, both audio and the visual part of the podcast as well for Morgan Man Sports Podcast on SoundCloud.com and all other streaming platforms minus iTunes. I'm still working on that. I'm very, I'm, I'm having a very hard time getting my podcast on iTunes right now so uh without all the other promotional stuff that I'm wanting to go over because I don't want to just overdo it in promotions so uh, let's go ahead and get straight into today's topics which I only got two today I want to keep it very short for you guys so after crashing out with only a top 12 finish, Optic Gaming's Call of Duty roster are wasting no time making adjustments to their game plan with an immediate role switch already in the works. Having won CWL at Las Vegas, the first event of the Black Ops 4 season, and rather convincing fashion, Optic were among the favorites in Fort Worth to win, even after being placed in the so-called pull of Death, which was just pull D. And so, it was to be for the roster as losses to both Horsosity and Team Envy meant they would start bracket play in the loser's side and couldn't afford another slip up. They got past a frankly underperforming Evil Genius side in their first round match, but were put put to the sword by G in losers round 2, losing a game 5 search and destroy could uh, Consigned them to a top 12 finish. For a roster of their caliber, it wasn't it was an expected outcome at all. But on the basics of their performance, it was lightly deserved. And the players themselves admitted the teamwork was just not there. On championship Sunday, as the final between Luminosity and Splice took place, three-time world champion Damian Karma revealed that he would be switching to Battery Specialist and using the War Machine given of Ruin in his gravel slash Grav Slam. The reason for the change is fairly straightforward. While most Ruin players use an SMG, Karma typically runs a Maddox assault rifle, which is not best suited for grapple strengths. It means that Thomas or TJ will now be taking the Ruin Specialist role, and which will be better pairing with an SMG, while Karma continues to use Maddox, but with the Battery Specialist instead. I do like this change right here, uh, because the Maddox is, you know, is a great assault rifle, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be one of those elite weapons that is going to get the kills, you know, one-on-one. And for him to go over to now with the War Machine and the Maddox, it means that he can be more laid back and get those long shots and win his one-on-ones, but from a further distance. So I do like that role right there. Uh, Fans will most likely see the change effect for the cross-division portion of the CWL Pro League, with Optic's first matchup being against Ignimus Six. Uh, like I said, I, I'm very excited about it. I can't wait to see what Karma is going to do with the War Machine, but like I said, I'm predicting a kind of a laid-back offense, and of course, a probably a strong defense whenever it comes to like, you know, say control and hard point in this certain matter. Uh, for offense, you know, I think he's going to lay back. And, you know, go just go, you know, spamming forward with that War Machine and, you know, rain havoc from a further distance while getting those kills and getting the environmental kills. And then for defense, you know, he's just going to be right up in their face, you know, get, get away from the objective. I don't want you near it because we're going to win this. And so, uh, right now, of course, you know, Altic is training very, very friggin' hard to... Going into next week, knowing that it's the cross division matchups for the pro league, so uh you need to make a you need to make a statement against Enmit since on April first, using that war machine, knowing that you were here to rain havoc and win the world championship uh before uh probably optic scump retires this year because he if I'm not mistaken, I haven't kept up with it for so long, I'm just now getting back into it. Um, but what, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sump did re- announce retirement during the, what was it World War II season? And then he kind of came out of retirement and said, you know, I want one more season. And then of course, you know, this is the season. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but, uh, again, I'm very excited about it. Uh, and this is also going to lead up to where CWO London is going to take place on uh, the following week or two weeks after the cross division, so whoever wins, kind of like, will finishes in the top four, of the cross division, will def- definitely have a better spot, at CWL London, all right, so now we are going on, to the very last part, of my podcast today, and that is what to expect, from the Falcons offense, with Dirk Carter on the show, so everybody knows back in, I think, what was it January, you know like, I think it was like the second week in January or something like that, uh, or it might be, or it might have been like you know, you know, later than that. I think maybe in sometime in February. Uh, I don't, I don't forget right now. But anyways, uh, with Dirk Cotter now running the show for the Falcons, if you hear like a little strange noise, that's my cat trying to get in. <laughs> Sorry for being so sidetracked there. But yeah, Dirk Cotter, he is wanting to have a balanced offense and people are making fun of this situation because Derek Carter has always been known for having like 5,000 tight ends on an offense and uh, running like screen plays. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, he changes up his offensive scheme. He just don't run the same thing twice. You know, why would you, you know, how, how does he have a friggin' top 10 offense every single year? Regardless if it was the Jaguars, the Bugs, the Falcons, you know, it wasn't just because of one play every single time until the fourth quarter hitting, you know, three zeros. It ain't that. So what's going to happen here? Matt Ryan is going to start taking control of this offense. So, yes, Derek Carter is going to have, you know, the say-so in the offensive schemes of things. And what Matt Ryan is going to do because see with uh, Kyle Shanahan everything kind of worked you know like a Dirk Cotter offense but Kyle Shanahan just you know did a, did the job a little bit more better but Matt Ryan took control of it you know even whenever Dirk Cotter was there Kyle Shanahan was there there was no huddles no nothing now with you having Matt Ryan back in in sort of control after a year or, or I think it was a two years of Steve Sarkeesian being the play caller for the Atlanta Falcons. Sarkeesian wanted to have the huddle go over, you know what they need to do. And that's not the Falcon way. The Falcon way is to no huddle, uh, you know, you know get that first down as quickly as possible because doing the huddle is running more of that game clock down and you know the actual time of the game and Matt Ryan you know he just doesn't like a kind of like a planned out situation you know if he thinks it in the top of his head you know like you know .5 seconds or whatever he does better and that's what this Dirk Cotter offense is going to bring for the 2019-2020 season And also, everything starts up with the offensive line. Uh, Now, with uh, Mike Malarkey back into the situation, you have, you know, of course, these are former Falcons coaches and stuff like that, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Malarkey is going to be the offensive line coach, and for him to coach that that O-line they're going to protect Matt Ryan, you know, like, tremendously. Because last season, Matt Ryan was stacked, you know, a lot. But with uh, Dirk Carter, he also has a say-so in the offensive line. And that will be where Austin Hooper and all the other, you know, interior linemen and just tight ends and everything – are going to come into play and for Dirk Carter to actually run that tight end formation, they're, they're going to confuse a lot of players. And now since you have, like I said, with both Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley, those three players calibers, this Falcons offense will be unstoppable pretty much uh, because, uh, but it's like I said, it starts with the offensive line. They got to protect Matt Ryan. So, what I'm looking for is in the preseason, work out what something that you thought that might work that really didn't work, or something that didn't work that might work. You know, work out those kind of schemes. Don't show your playbook until, you know, at least week two. Now, this season, we do get an extra week of the Atlanta Falcons because we do play at the Hall of Fame game in, I think, what was it, Indianapolis? against the Denver Broncos and so that's very great right there. Uh I'm definitely won't see the Falcons win a preseason game. I really do. But you know the games that are gonna matter is of course the regular season and I'm I'm very excited for this year. So definitely we'll have to wait and see what happens. But the Falcons offense will remain with with a few tweaks though. Uh so here here comes in that Steve Sarkeesian kind of like roll into the situation. Some players did like how uh, Sarkeesian ran the offense and some just just didn't and it's gonna take a few weeks of adjustment to kind of figure out that play scheme. That Dirk Carter is wanting for these newer players, but whenever you have Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, really the two people that were there with, Mike Coach Mike Smith and you know of course Dirk Carter and Mike Malarkey, then you know that that helps out because then Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will be able to kind of like guide these newcomers or people who has never even worked with Dirk Carter or Mike Malarkey, help them out figure out how he wants this to happen and how he doesn't want it to happen. So I do like that about the Falcons offense, knowing that Julio and Matt Ryan will be reunited with Dirk Cotter. And of course, uh, going back to what I said, familiarity with Matt Ryan is a major benefit. Um, Dirk Cotter said in the interview of uh, February 20th of this year, that uh, Matt Ryan is one of those quarterbacks that will tell you what he don't like about certain play calls. Instead of a quarterback, you know, saying like Ben Roethlisberger saying, yeah, I like that play call. Let's do that. No, Matt Ryan is going to tell Dirk Carter, no, I don't like that. But if you choose to run that, let's run it another different way. But still, we're both me and you like it." That's the kind of offense that we're going to see. Matt Ryan and Dirk Carter are going to share that offensive coordinator position in a form of sense right there. So let's just say um, you got, um, I, I don't even know a play call off the top of my head, um, but let's just say you have like a, a vertical route and you have, uh, say, Muhammad New, you know, going vertical. Okay, well... What you could do in this certain situation, you know, Derek Carter says, okay, well, what do you think about a vertical route with Mohamed Sanu going vertical? And then Matt Ryan's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. Maybe we can have Austin Hooper be like a second uh, drag route, but also with, you know, Mohamed Sanu going across. And so that way that confuses, you know, the defense saying, okay, which one is he passing to? Because Mohamed Sanu is running that hot route. But really you're throwing to Austin Hooper, who's already thirty yards down with a thirty yard reception. That's how I kind of see this in a situation happening where Matt Ryan could kind of like visualize it in my in his head. And what, see and see Dirk Carter, he's gonna be in Matt Ryan's ear the whole game, giving out play calls. So what's gonna So that I think that's what's gonna happen, you know, Dirk Carter is gonna, you know, give out the play call and if Matt Ryan likes it, he's gonna go forward with it. But if Matt Ryan don't like it, then Matt Ryan's going to tweak it or it's like, hey, give me a new one because I don't like this scheme right here. So anyways, uh, that is all I have for today, guys. I, I sure hope you did enjoy it. And if you didn't, make sure to hit that like button on both SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. But of course, today I don't have YouTube for you guys. So it'd be the other streaming platforms. But until then, guys... Take care, and I, CoBorgan, will catch you guys later. Peace.